This episode is brought to you by Harry's. Harry sent me a razor starter kit recently to try, and I put it to use very quickly because I keep myself clean shaven. In fact, I pretty much shave every single day because I have lots of facial hair. It grows back very quickly, and it's also really thick, and it hurts a lot when I shave normally, with a bad razor at least. So I've been using Harry's razors for like a week now. They're very nice. It's a five-blade razor, and I have to say, it really does effortlessly shave through my normally very annoying facial hair. It doesn't hurt one bit, no tugging, anything like that. And it stayed sharp the entire time as well. I'm very impressed so far. It also has kind of a good weight to it. It's like heavier than normal. I don't know. It's like, it's just got a good weight to it. I really like that. I didn't know I liked it before, but now I know I like it. I also really liked the shaving cream just because it smells really good. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by questionable shaving products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of other big brands. Harry's has a customizable delivery option for scheduled refills as low as $2, half of what you pay from other big brands. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com otherworld. That's harrys.com otherworld for a $3 trial set. Welcome to Otherworld. I'm your host, Jack Wagner. Today's episode is about a topic that I'm very picky about. That topic is sleep and dreams. And I'm picky about this for a few reasons. The first reason, although dreams can be very, very weird, they can be super scary. If you've ever had somebody ask to tell you about the dream they had last night, you'll know how completely boring it is to hear about somebody else's dream awful. It's one of the most boring things in the world. And I think the reason why is that they're feeling-based and it's not your dream. You weren't there. You didn't experience it. They just make for terrible stories. So that's the first reason. Second reason, dreaming and sleeping can be a lot of things. It could do a lot of crazy stuff to the human body. It can make you feel like you just experienced something paranormal, but almost always that's not the case. Especially when you're not getting enough sleep. Really, really weird things can happen to the human body and the human brain. And I know that firsthand because I experienced some of the weirdest ones myself. I've always had problems with insomnia. And when I was in my early 20s, it was really bad. I ended up getting diagnosed with something called hypnopompic hallucinations. And basically, it's when you wake up start going about your day, your body and your brain is awake, but the part of your brain that makes you dream is not quite turned off. So you end up having extremely vivid hallucinations. It's, it's incredibly real. You're waking up, you're going about your day, and you're having very vivid hallucinations. In my case, I would see my house on fire. I would see smoke coming up from the doors. I would see flames rising up, and I would immediately start fighting this fire in real life. Eventually, the visions would slowly disappear from my vision, almost like a movie. It would just start fading out, and I would be left there on the ground, holding my comforter like an idiot, stamping out flames that were never actually there. And this is absolutely terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Number one, the fire that I thought I saw was scary, but also even scarier is afterwards that feeling you're left with just knowing how out of control you are of your body. 
and what your brain can do to you when it's not working in your favor, when it turns against you. That's really scary. Because of my personal experience, as I go through submissions for this show, a lot of times I'll be reading a story and notice that it sounds a lot like what I experienced or even other sleep-related disorders. There's a lot of stuff that can happen to a person around the time that they're sleeping that is probably not paranormal. Either that or people are easily able to write it off as not being paranormal. So I'm pretty picky about this stuff, but when I got the email that started this episode, I realized I was dealing with something that was very different than anything I'd ever heard before. The story comes from a guy named Lucas, who initially reached out to tell me that him and his brother had experienced shared dreams. And they all started when Lucas had to sleep in his brother's bed for the very first time. Not only that, he had some other experiences that he said he wasn't even sure if they were related. But as I interviewed him about this, I started to think they are most likely very related. And I think you'll probably agree. So this is an unusual story. As usual, it's going to be best explained by Lucas himself and will eventually be joined by his brother, Austin. There were a lot of layers to this one. It ended up being a lot more complicated than I thought. And for that reason, this is going to be a two-part episode. You're listening to Otherworld. This episode is called The Man in the Hat, Part One. So, hi, I'm Lucas, and uh, back in 2016 to 2018, I had a bit of an unusual experience, and it involved uh, some dreams that I had at my family home, and this was in, a, this was in a, a suburb of Vancouver in British Columbia. I was 17 at the time of the first incident. I was preparing to go to university. I joined the Army Reserve uh, when I was in, in, in grade 12, and so I was... Uh, doing some training there and getting ready to go to uh, basic training. Um, but everything else was just just the classic high school. Everything was just parties and tests and just trying to get ready for university. My brother had just moved away. He went to university and he uh, was in grade 12 at the time. So he had just taken off a year before me. And I had a, gr- a girlfriend at the time as a high school girlfriend and she would stay over at our house uh, Pretty fairly often and when she would stay over my my parents had a rule where if she was staying you know we couldn't stay in the same bedroom not until you know if we moved out of the house they don't care about while we're there it's a no-go and so normally I would stay in a spare bedroom with just a mattress on the floor it's next to my bedroom and this time though uh, for whatever reason I had to stay in my brother's old bedroom and so it was my first time ever actually sleeping in there and, uh, you know, we were watching TV, whatever, getting late, and it's time to go to bed. So I went up to the bed, and I went in, everything seems good, and I, I lay down, and the second that uh, I, I go to sleep, like normally I, I fall asleep really fast, it's a, 
It's like usually as soon as the head hits the pillow, I'm asleep. But uh, it felt it felt even shorter than that. It was like I blinked, and as soon as I, it was just like yeah, a long blink, and I opened my eyes, and I was laying in bed. Uh, everything seemed like pretty normal, and when I was laying there, I for some for something pulled me up out of the bed, and it it felt like. I don't know. I don't know about hands, but it just felt like something was grabbing me, and it pulled me up and it brought me to the window of the bedroom. And so his bedroom window uh, looks out on a cul-de-sac and then down a street. And so it was dark out. There's all the street lights, and I felt uh, I felt yeah, it pulled me up and carried me to the window. And I, I, I it was starting to get just a bad feeling. And normally, uh, like when I was younger, I was able to occasionally lucid dream. I had a a technique where I would either try to jump or try to like do like a little like long jump. And if something felt weird about the jump, if I was able to get in the air, and if I felt like I, you know, had a little too much air time, or if I just kept flying up, then I, I could I could decide that it was a lucid dream. But I couldn't this time, and I couldn't because I I was being held at this window, and my feet were just barely hanging off the ground, and so I was basically being in my dream I was being like forced to stare out this window overlooking the street and at the very end of the street uh like past the cul-de-sac I just saw a black figure standing there and it was incredibly ominous and I I couldn't look away from him I was like trying to just look away but I felt this like it felt gentle when it pulled me up to the window everything felt kind of nice and normal but as soon as I saw that the figure at the end and I tried to look away, it, it wouldn't let me and it felt like the grip that was holding me there got a lot tighter. And as I was looking at him, I could see him looking at me and it was, it was, it was like his body was like electric, but like it was all black and it was just vibrating. And his fingers were, touch, they were just feet long. They were almost touching the ground and he just stood there just staring like it was it was it was locked in right staring out the window and once once I like had like fully made eye contact with him at this distance he just went to a full sprint head down running right at the house and as he was running I could just feel like the my eyes were starting to get like tunnel vision everything was vibrating it had like a boom 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 sound and it was all the lights behind it was just everything all the street lights behind it was just getting darker and darker as he got closer and when he got to like about the end of the cul-de-sac i i felt this 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 hand grip on my shoulders and head it just released me and i was able to step away and i just in first thought jump back in bed and uh when i got back into the into the bed uh it was felt like kind of like the same as falling asleep i I just closed my eyes for a quick second, just like just a bit longer than a blink, and I opened them, and it was it was morning, and I'm completely fine. Everything's good. I'm laying in the same spot. You know, I went to bed. Nothing, nothing had changed. I've had you know my fair share of bad dreams in the past. Like definitely not, not uh, always a happy sleeper. But I, it was everything about it just felt odd. The the way I entered the dream, the 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 fact that it wasn't just random nonsense like dreams normally are for me. It just felt like a just in between a dream like it felt like in between a dream and real life where I know for a fact it wasn't real life but I also it didn't feel like a normal dream and everything 
it, everything was just too similar. It felt too, felt too much like the real thing. And I definitely have never had a dream like that before. I've, I've had bad dreams and nothing ever, nothing with the same kind of fear and the same energy and the same feeling of dread. Um, but we went on and yeah, the next day, everything was totally fine. And we end up, uh, she ends up staying over again, the same girlfriend at the time she stayed over. And I had to sleep in that bedroom again uh, for the second time. And I went, I went to the bedroom uh, and I laid down and it was the exact same thing. The second I laid in bed and I closed my eyes, it was almost instantaneous, like a blink. And I opened them up and I instantly knew like what was going on. I was thinking, oh no, like here we go again. And I felt the same grip and it was a lot more aggressive this time. And it picked me up and dragged me to the window. It wasn't so much of like a, a gentle carry. It like forced me to the window and held the back of my head to look out it. And the same exact figure was standing right at the end of the cul-de-sac. So the same place he had ended off the last time where I had been let free and jumped back into bed, he was he was standing there staring at me and everything around him was dark. It was like, it was just blackness all around him. And instantly, same thing, my eyes are going tunnel vision. Uh, I got the, the ringing in my ears. I, I'm just kind of, I, my heart's racing. I don't know what to do. And I see him get into another full sprint straight at the house. Uh, and he breaks down the door and runs into the door and he starts going for the stairs. But then the same thing happened where like it, I felt the grip release. I got like, you know, the, 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 the hearing, I remember it. I remember the hearing still being like messed up, but like at least my eyes, I could see again. And I was able to run and shut the bedroom door and jump back into bed. And, uh, and then same thing, as soon as I, as soon as I uh, laid down and blinked, it was just a, a long blink and I opened it up and it was morning. The entirety of the dream was only about two minutes, but that was the entire night. Um, and I know, I know dreams aren't always accurate, but it was way too quick of uh, an eye shut to then instantly being dropped into this very exact bedroom and, and everything just worse. And then having the morning come, it was just a quick two minute dream cycle, but it was a full, full eight, nine hour, whatever sleep. And I've, I've never experienced something like that where it, it had that, that just the, the speed of it. It was, uh, I don't know. I, I wish I had, I wish I had more of an explanation. I don't know. I thought there was a 0% chance I was going to sleep in that room another night. I, I don't have any ideas of, you know, really what it is. I'm not, I don't know, I don't know much about this, but I just thought that like it, it would be, it would be bad news to sleep in there again. And that was, well, I thought that was the end of all that, but then we had to fast forward a few months and we were going on a road trip. Uh, it was me, my brother, um, that my, my girlfriend at the time and, and his current girlfriend. And we were driving, it was a long road trip but uh, we were trying to pass some time with some scary stories and dreams and stuff and, and nightmares. And I had brought up um, just having some bad dreams at his bed. And he had uh, meant, and then as, after I had mentioned like, oh, I had some, had some of my most recent worst dreams laying in, in your bed. And he had told me that when, right before he went to university, he had a dream in that bed where he was laying there uh, and say, he, he went to bed, fell asleep, and it felt like just a blink of an eye, and he woke up in his own bedroom 
and something lifted him up and carried him to the window. And he was standing and staring out the window and he realized after a little bit that he couldn't look away and that there was something holding him in place and he, he couldn't move and he got a really bad feeling about whatever he was supposed to be looking at, uh, looking down the street. But after just a few, you know, a minute, a few, uh, however many seconds that was, it released him and he was able to just walk back into bed and same thing for him. He closes his eyes, he wakes up and it's, it's morning. And he told me that uh, while we were driving and instantly I had like, I felt like my, my eyes were like welling up a bit. I was like, holy, sh holy shit. Like I, 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 I just couldn't believe it. Like he had basically experienced the exact same thing as me just in the first sequence. We didn't, we didn't know that this had happened. And as soon as I told him my, my dreams had, had what had happened to me, he instantly too was like freaking out and eyes welling up a little bit too. Uh, just, I, I think that, uh, I just think that there was something bad there. Something bad was, was there that night and something, something felt like it was coming. I'm, I, I'm glad that I, I didn't sleep there one more night. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know if I believe in all this stuff. I don't know what would have happened. So, yeah. I, so, Obviously, I want to talk to his brother, Austin, about his version of this, but it sounded to me like Lucas was the main person who experienced this, and his brother, Austin, experienced, you know, a, a small version of it, but for the most part, it was Lucas. After speaking to Austin, I realized that wasn't the case. I think that Austin's experiences were a little more serious than Lucas thought, um, and I also realized that Austin didn't quite know the full extent of what happened to Lucas because there's more things that happened to Lucas and I don't think he ever told his brother about it. So this is for me when the story started to take a turn and I think you'll understand why. Okay, we have to take a quick break, but we will be right back. I used to be really bad at keeping track of my finances. A very stupid part of me believed that if I just don't look at my bank accounts and my credit card statements, the money will all still be there, even if I spent it on stupid stuff that month. Well, that's not how it works. I learned the hard way. It's quite the opposite. Usually, when I finally did look, I'd notice that there was some subscription I'd been paying for that I forgot to cancel or I got overcharged for something and it's too late to fix. But now I use Rocket Money to keep track of all of that for me so I don't have to worry. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you could grow your savings. Rocket Money finds all of your bills and subscriptions for you, lays them out, and gives you the option to cancel them automatically or it can negotiate a lower price for you. I recently tested this out on my internet bill and they were able to negotiate a lower price for me. I saved like $300 doing this. If you're like me and you get scared checking your accounts, Rocket Money might be your savior. It's nice having everything in one place and under control. I promise you're gonna be very happy once you finally do it. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com otherworld. That's rocketmoney.com otherworld. Hey, Otherworld listeners. I'm excited to tell you about a show that I love and I think you're gonna love as well. It's called Sophia with an F, starring Sophia Franklin. 
the show is about as different from other world as a show could possibly be, which is why I think many people were very, very shocked when I got invited on as a guest around Halloween. It was really the crossover that nobody expected. I'll never forget the day my episode came out and every single one of my college-age cousins texted me all at the same time. Very confused, but also very excited. It was nice to hear from all of them, though, and uh, finally get some respect. I had a great time on the show. Sophia is really down-to-earth, which is why I think her interviews are so good. We talked about Otherworld, the paranormal, getting into this whole thing unexpectedly, as I did, and a lot of other stuff that I think normally does not get discussed on Sophia with an F. Normally in the show, Sophia Franklin goes deep on sex, life, mental health, relationships, and everything in between. You could get Sophia all to yourself every Monday for solo mini episodes and every Thursday with her ride or die best friends, experts, and some famous guests on a host of other topics, topics that are not safe for the dinner table, from foursomes and sugar daddies to wild sexcapades and tips for keeping things fresh in the bedroom. It's raw and laugh-out-loud funny, no borders and no filters. My personal favorite is the episode with Walk a Flock of Flame, if you want somewhere to start. Listen to and follow Sophia with an F on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get back into it. This is Lucas's brother, Austin. My name's Austin. I'm Lucas's brother. So that was a very intense moment where uh, Lucas started talking about the dreams that he had in my bedroom. We were on a road trip up to uh, our parents' cabin, and uh, he was driving, and I was in the back seat, and he mentioned uh, these like really scary dreams he was having, and how it took him to the window, and he saw this figure, and it related so closely to my dreams that we both just kind of broke down, and I think we were both in tears at that point, because it was just so intense for both of us. He was talking about this figure that he saw and uh, that it was black and uh, no distinguishable shape to it. And I had these dreams throughout my life where this figure would basically come closer and closer to me. Um, and it started off just like as a feeling. Um, it would just be a sense that I got in these dreams uh, in various parts of my house. So. At the start, it was just a very bad feeling and it would be in parts of my home, but then it slowly got more intense and slowly the dreams got closer to my room. So by the end, it was right at my door uh, where it was getting really intense. And I knew by the next dream I had that I would eventually be in contact with this, this entity, this thing. And what do you mean when you say it gets closer is at your door. Are you like sensing the presence of something? Yeah. So I'd have these intense dreams where like I couldn't, I could scream, but no one would hear. There'd be no sound. And uh, it would just feel like, like a gunshot went off beside your head and you just get that ringing in your, your ears. So I get this ringing in my ears and this sense that I couldn't, like couldn't say anything, couldn't scream. Nobody could hear, nobody could help me. And uh, each time I had this dream, it would be a part in my house that would get like closer to my room. So you were falling asleep around your house. This would be in the dream, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you would be, you would have a dream that you were in a different place in your house. Yeah, yeah, that's how it was. And you would be, would you be sleeping in your room at that time 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. It'd be in the room, and the dreams would be in different parts of the house. Got it. Uh, so I kind of have like the timelines here too, if, Please. if that helps. Yeah. Yeah. So this sort of started when I was around nine years old. Um, uh, so it started off in the living room in the downstairs area of our house. It's a two-level home. Uh, and so that was around nine years old. I had the first one where I had the big sense of dread and uh, felt like a gunshot went off my ears. So I just had this very intense ringing. I have nut allergies and I had a really bad reaction one time. And the sense of doom that I got when I was having the reaction was like the same feeling I had in these dreams. Hmm. It's like a symptom of uh, anaphylaxis to have a sense of doom, they call it. And it was the exact same feeling. How do you describe the feeling? You just think everything around you is is just going to hell. Like uh, the apocalypse is coming, like basically that you're gonna die. It's a terrifying feeling. And sometimes I, the only time I get that feeling now is just like with when I think I might have an allergic reaction. It's like, <laughs> I think it's I, that sort of sense comes, but around 12 or so, it moved to the staircase. Uh, so there's like a little flat part of the staircase. And I was sitting there and had this exact same feeling. Uh, and then the one after that happened around 14 years old. Uh, and that was in the upstairs area outside of my room. And this time it was even more intense. Like I could feel something getting closer to me. Uh, so that was just outside of my room. And I knew the next time something would be coming. Did something come? Yeah, so on the last stream I had, I was around 15 or 16 years old, like old enough that I shouldn't be having like weird nightmares and it affecting me this much. And I like to think I'm a pretty like level-headed guy. I don't really believe in, you know, many t things too weird like that. But I had this uh, dream where I was laying in my bed sleeping and in the dream I woke up in my bed and had this figure grab around my neck and pull me up to the window and show me just the orange glow of a street lamp down onto the cul-de-sac. Holy shit. And so shit. I just let it, yeah, I just let it take me. And there's no stopping at this point. In, in the past dreams, I tried to fight it off. But in this one, I knew that there was nothing I could do to stop it from coming to me. So I just let it take me and see what it would do. And uh, yeah, it took me right to the street lamp. What, what, what happened after the street lamp? So that's where my dreams ended, was looking outside of the window onto the cul-de-sac. And that's where Lucas ended up having these dreams when he was in my room, where this figure would show him to the window and he'd see this dark black figure that I had in my dreams. Uh, where it started rushing towards him. Can you describe what the figure looked like to you? It had no discernible shape. It was just black and almost kind of like jagged, like lightning bolts almost, but it didn't have like, it wasn't sharp or anything like that to me. It was, it didn't feel sharp, but it definitely had like, just like a, a vibrating shadow almost. Huh. And when did you have your last dream? So I had that last dream around 16 years old. So I was like getting near the end of high school. But um, just recently after I heard that I would be doing this, 
uh, I had sleep paralysis for the first time, which was super scary. It almost felt like a warning that, you know, maybe I shouldn't be talking about this or, or something like that. Yeah, I mean, that could be caused by stress. I think usually that's caused by stress, but I don't think yeah. like these dreams were sleep paralysis, you know? That, that, I don't those really, ones like, felt very different than this one, but it still, yeah, gave me a shock there. It's similar, but did you ever tell anybody about this? No, I didn't tell anybody. I mean, there's there's no real reason to tell anybody. Like, I dealt with it for most of my life, and it wasn't anything that was, like, too out of the ordinary. Um, and it was just kind of freaky. So it was, like, if I got too much into it, I felt like, you know, it might be weird to people to have that happen and, like, talk about it. So I never really talked about it until my brother mentioned that he was having some really strange dreams when he was sleeping in my room. When he started telling me about it, he said it was uh, kind of like a undescribable kind of just black figure, but it had limbs. It had like arms and legs to it. It was the shape of a human, but was all black and almost like vibrating. And so I can't think of many, you know, times where you'd see that normally. So it was pretty specific, I felt like, and it was it was pretty intense. What do you make of all this now? Like, when? how did you move on? I don't know if I really moved on. I guess since it hasn't happened, I, I haven't given it much thought since then. Um, it definitely was a weird experience, but uh, there's, yeah, there's not much else that's happened since. So I felt like we've been pretty pretty safe since then, but I'm definitely thinking at some point in my life, there might be another one that that happens. Has uh, your brother told you about the stuff that happened to him after the dreams? No, not really. He, he. I, I knew that he had one or two dreams, but I didn't hear much about after that. Oh boy. Um. What did he tell you? I'm curious now. <laughs> so after that instant, or so I talked to my brother about that and. After that, there was, it was, it was calm that we, we had both, you know, had our freak out, uh, and realized that we had shared something and it, it was definitely the first experience I have with anything that, that could be considered supernatural, paranormal, whatever it may be, but we had no, no more contact or experience with anything weird after that. Everything was just normal. Um, and then we fast forward, uh, a couple years and I was at work. I had going to travel to Quebec and I was doing a exercise or domestic operation. It was with the Canadian Armed Forces with uh, one of the French regiments over there. And it was a really busy time, but I think a point to stress here is definitely that there I was getting enough sleep uh, for this next part because a lot of people think that it has something to do with sleep deprivation, but that, that was not the case in this time. Um, I had been staying out in this camp in basically like this secluded area uh, with a bunch of other people. Um, and we were doing training and doing some security stuff for just these like little events going on. And I had had the opportunity to go and shower after sleeping in a tent for uh, a few weeks at the time. And I went over to the shower area and it was basically a, a tent attached to a trailer that had showers and there was 
pallets all over the floor that were uh, like just to keep your feet out of the dirt. And I was I just finished showering and I was coming out of the shower. The whole tent was empty. There were still some guys in the shower and some guys outside of the tent. Uh, but in that actual tent, I was alone. And I was bent over, just lacing up my boots and, and getting ready to, to go back outside. And I heard someone come in behind me. And I just, I obviously assumed that this is somebody, somebody I may know or just some, some random guy who I work with. Um, and I, I just like say hello and like my, my broken French, I'm not, not good at French. And I, I didn't hear a response back and I, I partly assumed that was just because I, I speak French so horribly that he thought, you know, I'm saying something else. And I turn around and it was, it was not, this whole area is completely secluded. We're in the middle of nowhere, not nowhere, but we're completely barricaded off from from civilians in this place and I look behind and it's not somebody wearing a uniform it is a, a guy about I don't know a, a huge guy wearing a hat a long coat like a like a, a big brimmed hat like a top hat whatever it would be and he just bent over and walked right out the tent and I I only got to look at him for like, probably like, probably a second or a second or maybe a bit less, but it was, it was definitely enough time to see the full figure of him. And I, I, I was, I couldn't see his face exactly, but I could see exact his outfit. I could see his hat and I could see how far he had to bend over to get out of the tent. Like I'm, I'm six feet tall. I only have to bend my head and my shoulders a little bit to get out of this this style of tent. And he had to basically lean completely over, by, like at his waist, to get out. And I I stared at him for a second, but I I didn't know what to do. I was just thinking, this is the one of the wildest things I've ever seen. And so I just thought, fuck, I'll I don't. He just bad energy all around him. It was. All I could think is I have to deal with this later. I don't know what I'm going to do about this now. I'm in, in the forest. Like, there's there's nothing I can do. And so I, I finished lacing up my boots, and it, the, whole, the, whole, it, the whole tent just felt so dark to me at that point. And then I walked out of the tent, and I saw, I saw my friends uh, standing around a smoke pit. And I like, walked up to them, like, very casually, like, did you guys happen to see somebody who may be wearing, you know, a large trench coat, a top hat, walking out of there, and they were uh, fairly enough, like, kind of laughing and like thinking I'm, I might have lost it a little bit, and I, I, I just played it off and pretended like nothing happened, and I thought, yeah, I'll deal with this on another day. Uh, the smoke pit was directly in front of the the entrance of the tent, just about like 20 feet away, and so without a doubt, they would have, they would have seen a guy not in a military uniform. Uh, coming out of this shower tent, not to mention that he's a giant, um, and they, yeah, they just, they kind, of, they just gave it a chuckle and thought I was either kidding or I was, I was insane, and I just, I let it go at that. But it just left me with a pit in my stomach. It was, the looking at him, it was just, uh, it was a, a, it, it gave my, it gave my heart definitely a little jump, but it also just kind of, kind of a similar similar feeling to seeing the the figure in my dreams where it just kind of 
made my eyes tunnel in a little bit. The hearing went a little bit softer, and I, I, I didn't know what to do. Um, but I went, I went back outside, and we just went back to work, all, all showered, and I just had to forget about that one for a little while. Um, and I thought that would be the last time that I saw him. I thought it was a, a one-off thing. Um, uh, but he did, he did show up one more time. So I thought that that was it for that one. I was, at the time, I, I had actually, I thought it was kind of cool that I had something that I, I can't explain and that other people around there couldn't explain. It was a very, it was an experience where I thought it was, it was interesting that there was no other factors to explain why that there was somebody there. This is a, like a very secure area for our, our training and I have no reason why someone would be there. So I thought that it was, it was, a, it was kind of interesting to have a, an experience like that and I thought I will never have that ever again. And then we go forward then uh, up until, it might have been, been early 2019 or 2018, but I was staying at uh, the house of my current girlfriend and she lived in East Vancouver and so I have a, a dog there too. I have, still have him. He's, he's downstairs, but he was uh, quite reactive at the time. He's a bit better now, but I would have to walk him at night um, or really early in the morning or both. Um, but he would, uh, he would, he would just get really f uh, riled up by things moving. So it'd be cats, dogs, squirrels, and shiny cars driving too fast. And to keep him calm, I'd take him out later in the evening and just try to keep him distracted the whole time. Um, and while we were walking one night, uh, it's it's like a, it's a safe neighborhood too. So I just I've got a hat down, you know, pulled pretty low, and I got headphones on. I'm listening to music, and I'm coming towards uh, our our house again. And as I'm walking up, I get to see like I'm walking towards the side of the house uh, on one of the cross streets, and at the front of the house, or just across the street from the front of the house, there was a man standing there, staring up at our balcony that overlooked the street. And he was wearing a trench coat, a big black brimmed hat, and he was a very tall man. I, I, did, I didn't, I didn't, I just, as soon as I saw him, I just, I started like stumbling. Like I couldn't really walk right. I was, I was trying to just, get back into the house thinking oh my god like this is this is this is it again it, it this time it didn't it didn't carry what i would you know describe as like the same energy it didn't have the same same feeling of of dread to to go along with them but i i i this time i got to get a, a really good look at him from across the street and as soon as i was like had stumbled that that first time thinking like oh my god there he is he, he looked right at me and I was just thinking like, well, I got to get in the house. And so I started power walking, trying to look as normal as possible. I know I don't look normal. I'm walking like a, a weirdo and I'm trying to get there as fast as I can. And he's just eyes locked, staring at me as I cross the street and I'm going up to like the side of the house, which is where our entrance is. Um, and as I'm going there, he's just still staring at me. I didn't know what to do and I wanted to look as casual and as normal as possible despite that not really being possible and I just with my hat I did like the classic like tip of the hat down a little head nod and a, a tip of the hat and he, he he just gave me a look and he took his whole hat off and did like the full hat salute like where he does like the he, like tipped it fully off his head 
and then turned around and just walked away. And I was ran inside, immediately running up to look out the window. Um, and he, he's, he's not there. I, he, I don't, I'm, I'm sure he could just walk around a corner, but like he, he wasn't there. And uh, I was immediately then weirded out because despite this time where I had way more time, like a full 30 seconds to be looking at him and I, I got to see exactly what he was he was wearing his black pants, his trench coat over top, or I don't, I don't know if you can describe it as a trench coat, but just a long black coat and a wide brimmed hat. But I thought what really, and it's, it still weirds me out now, is like, I can't imagine his face. I, I was staring at his face, like I was making eye contact with it, but as soon as I was inside, I could not picture his face at all. I, I don't know if I was, I was just too nervous. I was running away from this guy, but I just, I couldn't imagine his face and I, I still can't now. And he was definitely not dressed appropriately for the area. I'm sorry. I'm, tr I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to make people believe that too. I don't know. It's just. It was. It was a big part of it too. It's just like it was an empty street. Like the whole. The whole street was dead. I was. It's a. It's a smaller suburb, and to have somebody just standing outside, staring at across the street at our our balcony window, the long coat and the big brimmed hat. Uh, it, it, it stood out to me as just. It. The, it felt all off. And the way, especially too, that when I had stumbled a little bit over the curb and I looked at him and he was locked on staring at me, I I felt like, it felt like, kind of, I don't kind of felt like he knew me or he was waiting for me, I don't know. But he was, yeah. Thankfully, since then, I haven't, I haven't seen him at all. I... I like to think that in my head that maybe maybe tipping the hat was the right thing to do, and he was just gonna leave me alone after that. But um, I mean, like, yeah, that, that if that if that was um, the same same thing as what I saw in Quebec, like if he followed me across the country, like that's that's it was it was an experience, and I I haven't I haven't had anything else since, and I'm I'm thankful for that. I, I maybe maybe one day in my life again I I will want something cool to happen again but for now I'm, I'm i'm definitely okay without ever ever seeing them again all right so at this point i already loved the story and i thought it was over but then something came up that made me realized maybe that wasn't the case it happened when i was interviewing austin actually after the interview we just started talking, sort of just chit-chatting about the whole thing because I interviewed him last. And he said something offhand during that time when we were just chit-chatting that I'm glad I heard because it sort of opened up the whole new can of worms for this story. And luckily I was recording that and I'll let you just listen to it right here. I guess he was like looking up like communities around Top Hat Man at one point. Wait, Oh, there is a community about this. Why everyone around the world is having the same nightmare. But for Lucas, he saw it mostly in real life, which is like... Dude, this is crazy. That might be another rabbit hole right there. Dude. Wait. Oh, man, this really, like, changes the story. The Hat Man Project. Oh, there's like a 
a group there trying to yeah <laughs> this is weird why is everybody seeing this that's freaky I don't know I'm gonna have to look it up now I didn't put much thought to it before just based off the name but you know maybe that's something I gotta look into wow I'm baffled um <laughs> All right, well, this just changed the course of <laughs> story. <laughs> this is crazy that all these people see this person. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to look into that, too, tell, out of curiosity. You write down my number and, like, uh, tell Lucas to text me, if you okay, don't mind. sounds good. If he's awake. Um, yeah, he's definitely awake. We're on, we're on Pacific time, too. I oh, think okay, he cool. might just be out with a buddy right now picking up a, a truck or something, but... I'd be curious to hear, like what actually he like another description of the guy he saw okay yeah yeah I'll, like if it I'll looked see. like the hat man or was it like something else you know sure do you want i do you want me to just text him now yeah sure okay awesome all right so this obviously changed things for me and what i was looking at in the clip you could hear me getting kind of excited is this website that i found it's called thehatmanproject.com and I've, I've heard mentions of this before and I've read a little bit about it, but for some reason I didn't quite make the connection when I was hearing this story. And to be quite honest with you, I'm still not sure if this has anything to do with what these guys saw. But this website is definitely really interesting. Um, it's run by a guy named Tim Brown and he claims to have seen this thing the whole website is submissions from all over the world of people who have all seen pretty much the same thing. They all see this shadowy figure in a hat. It's not exactly the same, but it's similar enough. And Lucas never mentioned to me that he thought maybe this is what he saw. That was the first time I heard about it. So I decided that I need to talk to this guy or some kind of expert on this subject to try to at least learn a little more about what exactly is going on here. Because this story is strange enough, but the fact that thousands of people all over the world are possibly seeing the same thing, it's definitely worth looking into. So that's what's gonna be on part two of this episode. Hopefully I will be talking to this guy, Tim, or one of the people who claim to be an expert on this subject, and perhaps we'll find out more. That being said, that brings us to the end of this episode. This has been part one of The Man in the Hat. Part two will be coming out very soon, later this week. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Jack Wagner, and this has been Otherworld. Otherworld is executive produced and hosted by myself, Jack Wagner. The theme song is by Cobra Man. Our music and soundtrack is by Chrome Sparks, Treyer Tryon, and North Americans. Production help and editing by Theo Schaefer. Our artwork is by Cul-de-Sac Studios. Once again, this is an independent show, so please show us your support by subscribing, leaving a five-star review, and telling your friends. Also, if you or somebody you know has experienced something paranormal, supernatural, or unexplained, you can send us the story at storiesatotherworldpod.com. At